the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Larry's still taking a little vacation time with the family, and in studio with us once again is Deanology. Good morning. I like that name. I don't know how your parents picked that one out. Deanology. I guess I'm 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 going (laughs) to let you in on a little secret this morning. My folks did not pick that out. No, they didn't. Okay. No. All right. Well, that's good to know. No. No, you earned that through years of experience and time. So that's a it's a good handle to have, and we're glad to have you with us once again. Thank you so much. It's always great to to be here. Larry is taking some much needed time off. Larry has been working on a book. I'm sure you've he's talked about it on the show, and 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 so far it looks like he's on pace to have that book published later this year and we're all really excited about that we'll we'll tell more about it as as time goes on but i know that uh, larry would want you all to know that the book is is moving right along and it looks like it's on schedule that's awesome looking forward to that book absolutely absolutely you know what? It's been a tough week. Mm. It's been a tough week on the market. I've got a piece of paper in my hand that says, Week in Review, Trump Trade Hits Turbulence. <laughs> okay, so You should have been a newspaper person with that headline. I know, right? <laughs> um, it has been a difficult week. Yes. You know, we have seen over five months of very steady upward growth in the markets. Um, we've called it the Trump Bump, the Trump Trade. And and it hit it hit some volatility this week because there were issues getting a new health care package passed. It ended up being taken off the table yesterday. And there was some concern early in the week that if if the Republican Congress and the president were not able to pass this health care legislation, that perhaps his other agenda items didn't mm-hmm. stand much of a chance either. I think that's a bit of a stretch, but that thought did introduce some downward volatility. Well, it's in all the about the uncertainty, isn't it? It that, is. Yeah. It is. And, and Larry has said so many times that markets like clarity of direction and this bit of uncertainty around what was going to happen with the Affordable Care Act it it definitely brought some uncertainty in and for investors who have made some good money since the election uh i think they were were prone to take some profits this week so we did see a decline in the three major us indices the dow was down one and a half this week the s&p was down 1.4 and the nasdaq was down 1.2 
All three of those indices still in positive territory for the year. The Dow is up four and a quarter. The S&P is up 4.7, and the NASDAQ is up eight and a quarter. So still in positive numbers for the year, but we did give some of that back this week. I wonder week. how much of that was just an initial honeymoon bump anyway. Not You know, you get a little bit of that anyway when you get a new presidency and a new change. Well, the, the Trump administration, the President Trump campaigned on so many agenda items that were highly pro-U.S. growth. And the stock market and investors, they love that kind of talk. So, of course, the market increased uh, when we got word that he had, in fact, won the election. And it is my theory, and, and, and we really only have theories at this point, it's, it's my theory that investors were very excited about the possibilities that drove them to plow their money into stocks, especially in sectors that would be benefited by increased infrastructure spending, which is a a real big linchpin in the the Trump platform. But sooner or later, even the most optimistic investor needs to see the money. Mm-hmm. We need to have money allocated for infrastructure. We need to see money allocated for the Keystone XL pipeline. We need to see mm-hmm. money allocated to tax benefits to encourage uh, U.S. companies abroad to come back home. So sooner or later, the talk has to give way to the money. And perhaps some of, of the volatility this week was investors saying, okay, show me the money. And perhaps some of it is, is genuinely this concern that, hey, if you can't pass health care, what can you pass? So we'll have to see where that turns out and how that goes over the next few weeks. Well, he's got four years. <laughs> yeah, he does. Okay. Over the next four it's, years. Uh, well, the long re- realistically, he's got two years because at the midterm, if, if this is not turned around. turned around, if he has not made some positive growth-oriented changes, I think we could see about a shift in the balance of power. But we're still a ways off from November of twenty. What's next year? 2018. Mm-hmm. So he's got some time. I I do not buy into the notion that because health care has been taken off the table for right now that all the other stuff may as well go in the trash as well. It doesn't make much sense because, uh, you know, the there's a balance of power to one party right now. And you would think at some point they should come online with each other and get together and everybody make nice and make things happen. So. Well, that's the hope. Yeah. That's the hope. It is still early. This is a very... I will call it unique administration. We've, we've got a businessman in office, not a politician, and I'm sure the learning curve is steep. Yeah, I'm sure it is, too. I'm sure it so, is, too. So we'll just hope and pray that everything works out. Well, I, it, is, it is not uncommon, even in the best of markets, to see a market pullback of 7 8 9% two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. So I talked to some clients this week who said, you know, is this the front end of that kind of thing? I don't know. It's too early to say. We're, we're down... You know, one and a half percent at the most on any major index. We can move that in a day or two. So the question really does, uh, is it is it a buying opportunity? We don't know yet. So for me personally, I don't think it has dropped enough to be a buying opportunity. Too volatile to know at this point. Well, it is. It is. And this is where having your financial plan clarified. This is where having a good diversified portfolio where the risk is mirrors what is needed in your financial plan. This is where you get some some comfort level. This is where you get some reassurance. Even when we have a down week, you know that, hey, my portfolio matches my financial plan. My advisor told me this would happen. So this is okay. 
you use software and all kinds of different uh, tools to be able to work some of this stuff in to a plan, these pullbacks well, and some of these setbacks. We do. We have a, a very robust financial planning program that uh, actually updates daily with your with your own account values, with your mortgage values, with your, your car, uh, car loan balances and, and your investment values. All of these things go into your financial plan with us. They're updated every single day. So every single day you're able to see, hey, yeah, market's down a percent and a half this week, but you know what? My financial plan is still on track. We do what I think is a very, very solid job of monitoring, evaluating, quantifying risk so that you don't take more risk in your portfolio than is necessary to accomplish your financial plan. And by quantifying that risk, you're able to make the decision if you want to take a little bit more risk and beef up the plan or if you're okay with just taking that amount of risk that is necessary to live comfortably. How do you calm people's fears in a market like this? What do you do as a financial planner to say, hey, you You know, know, one of Ride the, the storm. One of the things that I do with my clients is I talk to them about these times when the market is good. We will have a financial review, and right now we're seeing large increases over the past 12 months, 12, 14, 15% increases over the past year. And I will tell clients, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. And and they kind of laugh, and they're like, they say, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, the the same thing I just said to you. I know that two or three times this year we're going to have a conversation and it's going to be the opposite scenario. And I talked to my clients about marathon runners. In a former life, I trained for the Marine Corps Marathon and I had this cool little watch that would beep every two minutes. I would run for two minutes. I would walk for two minutes. And at certain intervals, I had to stop, get a power gel, carb up to get my body ready for the next leg of that race. The stock market is a similar is a similar uh, behavior pattern. The stock market will take a pause. It'll take a breather. And most often it's taking a breather so that it can gear up for the next leg of the market race. And when I explain it to clients that way, it makes sense. It's not a scary thing. And we talk about that during good times like we've had over the past five and a half or so months. And I tell them, so the next time the market goes down, you will say, you know what? Dina told me this was going to happen. Not scared. Yeah, excellent. Good way to handle it. All right, you're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show with Dina Ology in the house today, taking care of business and taking your phone calls, by the way, at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more of the Larry Rosenthal Show with Dina in just a moment. Stay tuned. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Hi, this is Norm Allen, inviting you to join me every week or every day on the Out of the Norm Show on American Lifestyle Media. It's stories about people, places, things, and events from all across America. Plus, there's great programming such as Freedom of Thought with Political Viewpoints. There's Expedition Texas, sports, and music programs to fit every family interest. 
We're growing right now, and we want to invite you to join us by going to watch.americanlifestylemedia.com on any device or subscribe on your Roku channel store. And right now, for a limited time, it's only 99 cents per month. So simply go to watch.americanlifestylemedia.com and American Lifestyle Media on your Roku channel store. American Lifestyle Media. We're caretakers of the American spirit. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494. Or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. Listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show with Denology in the house today and answering your phone calls. Our phone number is 855-767-3123. Any financial questions you have about what's happening with your portfolio, good place to get them answered today is right here, 855-767-3123. You know, before the break, we were talking about all of the market happenings here in the United States, Uh, a big happening overseas. If you'll recall, last year, the U.K. voted surprisingly to leave the European mm-hmm. Union and and this has kind of been dragging on and on since then well just this week British Prime Minister Theresa May said March 29th as did, as the day that the UK will officially notify the European Union of its intent to leave that two year negotiation period begins on March 29th so we've had uh, I don't know, it's a almost nine-month period since the initial vote, and now it looks like the negotiations will begin. I expect that those negotiations are going to be pretty tumultuous. The EU doesn't want to be too kind to Great Britain because right. it might incent other countries to follow suit. So we'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, it's interesting to see them make nice before that, too. Did you see they sent out the royal family to the various different uh, countries? That, of course. To try to make sure that they still had good relationships. And Absolutely. What a Absolutely. tough thing. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. We were all sort of concerned what this would mean for the European economy. Uh, what does it mean it, when Great Britain finally does leave? We got some numbers this week that show that the the European economy is still in an upward trend. They had what uh, what are called flash purchasing managers indices, and they jumped to their highest level in almost six years this week. Interesting. Yes. Even so, with the Brexit rumors and all of that. E- even with, even with. So uh, remains to be seen what the what the ultimate fallout will be. The two year negotiation period for Great Britain's exit from the EU starts on the twenty ninth. Wow. Okay. Yes. So that's a little bit of what's been going on in the in the news this week and the big bit of 
uh, U.S. data that comes out this week. Uh, the, the U.S. will report their revised fourth quarter 2016 GDP figures this Thursday. That will give an indicator as to whether or not the growth in the U.S. economy is still moving forward. Mm-hmm. Which will be very, very important to know and understand. If you'd like to talk to Dina here this morning, give us a call, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. We're talking about some various different financial planning concepts today. One of them is? Well, you know, I always try to bring to the program something that came up in a for real planning conversation during the week. I like that. How about that? And this week I had a client come to me. He's gotten an offer from his company to uh, to leave, to retire early, and they've given him the option to either take his pension as a traditional pension, get that monthly paycheck, or take a lump sum buyout of the pension. Wow. And so he has me doing the math to evaluate that offer. That's an incredible offer. That doesn't happen often anymore. Most folks don't have that pension option. Well, if you're with the federal government, you have a pension. If you're with a private employer and you still have a pension, you're a bit of a rare bird. Yep, um, absolutely. Large companies are trying to de-risk their financials, and, and part of de-risking their company financials is often either freezing the pension plan or getting rid of it altogether. A, a lesser shock to the system of their employees is this notion of, hey, you can either take the pension monthly as promised or you can take this lump sum. Mm -hmm. So part of the conversation is, hey, it's good for your company if they get this pension liability off their books, but it may not necessarily be good for you, hence the pension buyout evaluation. Your homework assignment. That's exactly right. And and thankfully, I have the tools. I have the power. I can do this. But it occurred to me that there are probably others out there like my client who mm-hmm. are trying to figure this out. And they're trying to figure out what the best option is for their family. I, I will say you've got to crunch those numbers because it's not just about the dollars that you get from that buyout. It is also about the amount of risk that you assume if you take that lump sum buyout. Make no mistake, when an employer offers a lump sum pension buyout to you, the numbers are big. The numbers on that sheet of paper are very, very attractive. But you, in taking that offer, you're shifting the risk of the pension from the employer to yourself. And, and you have to figure out how to invest the money correctly. That's exactly that. right. Yeah. Um, it, that may work for some people, and for some people it doesn't. Can we, can we take it just a quick second to break away from that conversation and talk to Frank on the phone with us? Happy and, to talk to Frank. And then we'll be right back. Frank, what's your question for Dina? Yeah, hi. Uh, I know that uh, you know the market's going to pull back at some point. Uh, and I'm a long-term investor, but I was listening to a couple of podcasts, and they were trying to explain market mutual funds and contrarian mutual funds as part of a retirement plan like my IRA. Could you explain that a little bit, and, and do they have a role in a, in a long-term uh, IRA? That is a great question, Frank. So Frank is asking me to explain contrarian investment strategy. Contrarian investment strategy isn't awfully complicated. It's pretty much what it sounds like. So if I have an actively managed mutual fund, meaning not an index, 
the fund manager is either going to use prevailing economic data to make his his buy and sell decisions, prevailing fundamental data uh, with companies, or he's going to look at that data and say, you know what, most people would say this data means X, Y, Z. I think this data means ABC. I'm going contrary to what popular opinion is and how I invest what is inside this fund. Con- contrarian funds can have their place, but I don't, I personally do not use them as a regular part of a portfolio because the, the contrarian ideology is, is often a lonely spot to be in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes a contrarian will say, you know what, I realize that gold is normally a hedge to inflation, but we've got two or three other things happening economically. And while we don't have inflation right now, I still am buying gold. Mm. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. I, uh, Frank, I don't know if that answers your question, but it's not it is not a piece that I actively include in a portfolio. I think you have to have a real conviction as an investor yourself as to why you may want to be contrarian about an aspect of the portfolio before you buy it. You might have to have some insight into the companies and all of that that are inside of it, or who knows exactly. I think buying a contrarian investment means that you have to do a little bit more research. You have to find out what that fund manager is thinking and why he's thinking it. It's not hard information to get. Uh, If you're working with a financial advisor who's recommending that, sometimes that advisor can actually get a fund manager or an analyst on the phone to have a conversation with you and tell you what's going on in the fund and why they've chosen the direction they've chosen. Frank, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate that. 855-767-3123. If you'd like to talk to Dina Ology in the studio with us today, 855-767-3123. We were talking about your, your friend there that had that pension conversion option, and where are we on that? Right. So, so the conversation is this. A, a client of mine got a buyout offer from his company, and the company said, we have offered you a pension for your entire career here. We're now giving you an additional option. You can either take the monthly payout that we've promised you all along, or you can sort of take the money and run. (laughs) We call that a lump sum payout option. I'm old enough to remember that song. Well, there you go. There you go. So I think it's important to understand that the lump sum payout may work for some people, and it may not. So I wanted to just spend a a little bit of time this morning talking about uh, some people who could benefit and some people who may not. So first of all, a lump sum payout may make sense for someone who's in poor health. If you know that you're not going to live long enough or you or the prognosis isn't great, you may choose to take that lump sum payout to help defray medical costs, or you may take that lump sum payout to leave it to your heirs, to your beneficiaries. If you're someone who doesn't have cash in the bank for emergencies, a lump sum payout may look attractive to you. If you're able to live comfortably on other sources of retirement income, or perhaps you're going to another job, you're not retiring right away, perhaps the lump sum is an attractive option for you. Uh, The 
things that you need to remember about that. There's a taxation issue if you're not careful. Mm. You know that if you take your pension payout, that monthly payout is taxable, just like your paycheck from work would be taxable, minus the FICA taxes. Mm -hmm. If you take a lump sum payout and you don't roll it into an IRA, you're going to be subject to the federal income taxes. And if you are younger than age 59 and a half, you could be subject to that pesky 10% early distribution penalty. You really have to look, look out for those taxes. They'll get you. You do. I would suggest for anyone listening who perhaps has this kind of offer available to them, give us a call. Let us talk you through the evaluation of that offer. Let us make sure you understand the upside and the downside, and then you'll have the ammunition to make a good decision for yourself and for your family. I think Mary has a question along these lines. Thanks for calling, Mary. What's your question for Dina? Yes, good morning. I do. I want to kind of piggyback off of what she's talking about. I just received the annual funding notice for a retirement pension plan for a prior um, um, employer of mine. I also had the option to do a lump sum buyout or continue um, you know, or, or not. So I chose not to. I, I'm looking here at the plan, and I'm just wondering, should I be worried? Because it shows the last three years of the um, retirement, the funding target attainment percentage. And as I look at this, the assets for all three years are a lot lower than what the liability, maybe not a lot, but lower than the liabilities. Do you so have a percentage be- calculation on that? I do. Okay. For um, the first year, which is the the um, valuation year for 13, so I had 13, 14, and 15. Okay. So for 13, it was 100.60%. For the year, the next year, um, 14, it was 93.41%. And for the most recent one I received for the year um, validation year 15, it is um, 94.39%. Okay, so they've got a couple of years that are underfunded, but it was preceded by a year where they were overfunded. That may be on purpose. They they may have taken a very good business year and said, you know what, we don't know if we're going to have another great year like this, so, so we're going to sort of fund ahead. I would call and ask what that means to you. What does that mean about the health of the overall pension fund, and where do they think the 2016 numbers are going to fall. I would expect that you're going to get 2016 numbers probably in second quarter. Okay. Now, all of that said, it is a former employer. It is a pension plan with a former employer. If they're giving you the option to take the money and run or leave the money there and accrue pension payout benefits, let's evaluate the numbers. Let's see where you're where you're best off, not only from a from a purely math perspective, but from a risk perspective. Okay. That sounds good. All right. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Hey, listen, Mary, thanks for uh, calling us today. Why don't you hang on just a second, and Bob will get some more information from you in case you need to get uh, some more information about that question. Our phone number here is 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. And we're talking about some pension stuff. 
Well, actually, I'm done with the pension stuff. Okay. Uh, the big deal there is I want to make sure that our listeners know if you've got that type of pension offer that you are contemplating and you don't know where to start on evaluating, give us a call. I will help you evaluate that. Uh, won't charge you anything to do it. I think it's just an Im- important piece nice. of, of evaluation to offer in the event that some of our listeners need that help from us. That's excellent. That's excellent. I told you last weekend that estate planning was on my brain. <laughs> you did indeed. Um, so I want to spend the rest of our time today talking about estate planning because often I get a comment from clients and, and people that I meet out in the public. They'll say, I don't need estate planning. That's for the rich, and I'm not rich. <laughs> uh I I beg to differ. Estate planning is not just for the rich. Back when I first got into this business, uh, the the estate tax limits were far lower than they am far lower than they are right now, and it meant that if you had an estate that had the potential to grow above six hundred seventy five thousand dollars, we needed to do some fancy footwork. We needed to put some documents in place and and help your family avoid these enormous federal estate taxes. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a part of estate planning, but the tax code today is far more generous than it was then. So the the federal estate tax avoidance isn't usually the primary concern when people talk to me about estate planning. There are so many other things that go into estate planning other than federal estate tax avoidance. So I want to make sure we talk about those today because I want to clear up some misconceptions about what estate planning is in its entirety. Mm -hmm. People think about estate planning as something that happens when you die, not necessarily and not exclusively, certainly. But let's, I've got kind of a list of things and we'll, we'll go through that. And if they prompt questions, give us a call and I'm happy to clarify. The first thing good estate planning does is it, it absolves your heirs, your wife, your kids, your husband, your brothers, your sisters. It absolves them of some financial burden that can come about if you have not done adequate estate planning. If you haven't put the basic estate planning documents in place, your, your estate is likely going to be subject to a process called probate. Probate is the court's way of proving who gets your stuff. And they charge money to do that. And it's very public. It is absolutely public. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, An unplanned estate incurs fees paid for legal, accounting, appraisal, executor services. And you can avoid so much of that by just having essential estate planning documents in place. The, The unplanned estate sometimes causes problems because... Let's let's think about it, a typical estate of someone in this area. They've got money in a 401k plan or the government thrift savings plan. They own their home or at least some portion thereof. And there may be some bank accounts or 529 plans, but that's kind of it. If you have not planned your estate and that's the lay of the land financially for your family, there may be a problem with liquidity to pay all of these probate costs. Mm -hmm. If the only account that you have, if the only money that you have is in your retirement plan at work, your family may have to liquidate some of that to pay probate costs. Not only do they have to pay the probate costs, but they have to pay the income taxes on that liquidation. Mm. 
when we think of estate planning, we think of death, but that's not the only thing. Proper estate planning covers you if if you're in an accident and you can't manage your own affairs. Proper estate planning gives doctors some guidance on the extent you wish them to keep you alive in an extreme situation. I don't think people really think about that being part of estate planning. It is. It is. Um, You want to make sure that if you're unable to carry out your own wishes, that there are clear directives to the ones that you love who can carry those out for you. For those of you in the listening audience who have minor children, estate planning means that you get to designate the guardian for your children Mm -hmm. if something happens to you. If you have not done at least that amount of estate planning and something happens, the courts will decide who raises your kids. It's the last thing you want to have happen. You know, I don't want to be alarmist about this, but that's where the rubber meets the road. Ultimately, your kids may end up where you want them, but it's a process to get them there. Everybody needs an estate plan. It's becoming clear. That's absolutely right. You, ultimately, the deal with estate planning is making your own wishes known and putting mechanisms into place so that your wishes are carried out. Some basic estate planning documents. First and foremost, a will. A will says who gets your stuff. Mm-hmm. A will designates guardianship for your minor children. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Understand that if the will is the only estate planning document that you have, your estate could be subject to probate. Mm. We'll talk about how to avoid that momentarily. It sounds like a bad word. I know it is. <laughs> it's avoidable. And, and if it's avoidable, I, I would suggest that you avoid it. Right. Um, First document's a will. Second document is one of these documents that helps you while you're still living, and this is called a power of attorney. Mm -hmm. A power of attorney designates someone to handle your financial affairs if you're unable to. And there's lots of different kinds of those, right, for various different pieces of of your financial life. There are. There can be situation-specific powers of attorney. So if you're a military, uh, an active-duty soldier or or airman or uh, Coast Guard or any of the other active-duty military branches, and your house is on the market, you may assign your spouse power of attorney, a limited power of attorney, for purposes of selling that house. It actually happened when I bought my home. It's a common thing in in military life. But for most of us, what's called a durable power of attorney, it will handle a whole host of issues that could arise if you are somehow incapacitated and unable to handle your affairs. It could handle the selling of a house. It could handle the management of investments. It could handle the writing of the checks for the monthly bills. Mm -hmm. But that power of attorney is an estate planning document that you use while you're alive. And by the way, this also came up with a client recently. If you have designated someone as power of attorney, that power of attorney becomes null and void at your death. Mm. That document cannot be used to handle anything after your passing. So POA is a lifetime thing only. Correct, correct. And then the third document is what's called an advanced medical directive. This is the document that tells your family, that tells your doctors the extent to which you wish to be kept alive. Mm -hmm. And it takes that bit of emotional decision-making off of the plates of your loved ones. Oh, goodness, you've seen those stories in the news. Absolutely, absolutely. There have been... There's been at least one very high-profile case that, that immediately comes to mind, and it's, it's Could have been resolvable if that had been in place. Certainly avoidable. Yep. 
there is a fourth uh, estate planning tool that depending on your particular situation, may be appropriate and may not, and that's called the revocable living trust. A revocable living trust simply helps consolidate your assets, and it consolidates those assets in such a way that they avoid probate at your passing. Mm-hmm. That You mentioned the privacy issue earlier. Probate is a matter of public record. So if you pass away and your estate goes through that court process called probate, it's not very difficult to find out what went through probate. Mm-hmm. It's like airing your dirty laundry. I don't think you really want to do that. Uh, it, it, I personally believe private is better. Yeah, I think so too. And there are a number of ways to avoid probate. So I would like to talk about that because that comes up with clients all the time. Mm-hmm. Clients are always asking, well, I, I don't think I need a trust. Are there other ways that I can avoid probate? Sure. First thing, and this isn't extreme, but you can always just give away or sell all of your property. Before just you just completely eliminate those things that would be probatable. That means your house, your car, your artwork, your jewelry, your tools, any of any of the stuff that you've accumulated. That's an extreme way to handle this, but it is an option. It's on the list. The next way, and it's probably a little more palatable, is to use what's called joint ownership with rights of survivorship. We typically see this with spouses. You and your spouse may own your home together. When one of you passes by order of operation, that means the house automatically becomes 100% sole property of the surviving spouse. Mm -hmm. That surviving spouse needs to figure out something, but while you're both living, that is a way for the home to and, and other jointly held assets to avoid probate. You can use beneficiary designations. We talk about this a lot at Rosenthal Wealth Management Group because we believe this is a very under-attended part of financial planning. Beneficiary designations, you may not know, they trump every other financial planning document that you have. A beneficiary designation will override a will. It will override a trust. It will override a divorce decree. I did not know that. Absolutely. It is not an uncommon thing to for two people to be married for a while. They've got each other listed as beneficiaries on their 401k plans. They get divorced and someone forgets to update the beneficiary designation on that 401k plan. If that person doesn't update the beneficiary designation and they pass away, guess what? The last beneficiary designation on file is what will prevail, even if you got the will updated and took your ex-spouse off of it. So beneficiary designations are one of the most powerful estate planning tools that we have. I recommend that my clients check their beneficiary designations every single year. More frequently if you have major life events like a death or a divorce. Excellent. Let's take a quick break here. We'll continue on with more of the Larry Rosenthal Show here in just a moment. If you'd like to weigh in on the conversation, our phone number is 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE123. Give Dina Ology a call right now. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. 
That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved, and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations, NMLS, number 5618 and 99665. Looking for an objective and independent financial planner? You found one. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense, with Dina in the studio with us today. If you'd like to call, we have a number for you, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. We've been talking a lot about estate planning today and some of the things that you can do and maybe you should not do for your planning. I know we talked about probate, and one of the things I wanted to ask you, sometimes with these beneficiaries as well, um, there's the tax strategies in here. I don't know if you were going to plan to talk about that at all. That is a show all its own. But there, it, the effective use of beneficiary designations on retirement plans specifically, I think, is what you're yeah. referring to this morning. And when you designate what are called qualify, uh, designated beneficiaries, it seems like a, a, a redundant thing, but there's a beneficiary and there's a designated beneficiary, and they're not the same thing. Of course not. A designated beneficiary is a, a living, breathing person with a birth date and a social security number. Mm-hmm. Okay? Seems very simple. Mary Smith, date of birth January 1, 1952. List her social security number. Say, she's my spouse, 100% primary beneficiary. Done. Mm-hmm. That is a designated beneficiary. Some people will say, my spouse, primary, my children in equal shares, contingent. That is not a designated beneficiary because you have not named specific people. Interesting. Yes. In that case, in a case of listing a a designated beneficiary, someone with a name, a birth date, a social security number, they receive some perks through the tax code that the non-designated beneficiary will not get. There is an ability when you inherit a a 401k plan, a thrift savings plan, an IRA, some other retirement 
asset. There is a mechanism that allows you to con- to continue those required minimum distributions rather than liquidate the thing all at once and pay exorbitant taxes. Mm-hmm. You're able to keep the account mostly intact as long as you take those distributions that the IRS requires every year. There are about eight different scenarios and eight different calculations to determine what those distributions are. But that is one of the biggest perks to making sure that your beneficiary designations on your retirement plans are as you would want them. And make sure, I can't stress it enough, make sure that you've listed a specific person, their birth date, their social security number, and a percentage that they will inherit upon your passing. If it's not correct, then it doesn't count in this particular instance. If it's not correct, each retirement plan has their order of distribution that they will follow. The Federal Thrift Savings Plan has it. Most 401k and 403b plans have it. But the big deal to pass on this tax benefit to your heirs is to make sure that they're listed as you wish them to be. I think that at this point, if I were wanting to give you any advice listening today, it would be to get yourself a financial planner. There's so many different uh, moving parts here and things that you just don't know until you find out, and you need to find out by having a financial planner. One way to do that is to call this number during the week at any time, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. There's something called the Financial Planning Toolkit. Yes, the Financial Planning Toolkit is quite simply a financial organizer. It helps guide you on the best way to make sense of all of your financials. It helps you put it into place, into one place, all of the things that you have accumulated over your working years. It draws attention to whether or not you have a will, and if you do, when it was last updated, it forces you to list out who your accountant is, who your financial planner is, who your CPA is, um, your estate attorney, all of those financial professionals that at some point in our lives we need to use. So uh, we offer that to our listeners uh, free of charge. It is a a pretty in-depth organizational tool, but it is also a springboard into your financial plan. Yeah, if you've been thinking about trying to get things together and organize everything, this is a great organizational tool for you to start out with. We were talking about beneficiaries on retirement plans, but did you know retirement plans are not the only financial accounts that will accept beneficiary designations? I did not. You can actually go to your bank and you can put what are called payable on death or transfer on death designations on your savings account, your checking account, your money market. It serves the same purpose as the beneficiary designation on your 401k plan. It is a probate avoidance technique. It is it allows that money, that account to go to the person of your choosing at your passing, keeps it out of probate, keeps it private. I don't think very many people really knew that. That your actual your savings accounts, your checking accounts, you can have what is called a transfer on death. Transfer on death or payable on death. It 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 is surprising to me that bankers don't discuss this with their clients when they're setting those Never accounts up. Yeah. You can put them on your CD accounts, but be aware of this one thing. When you get that notice in the mail that says your CD is maturing, if you do nothing, we'll roll it over to the next CD. Guess what happens? The old CD account number is closed out, 
Hence, the beneficiary designation, that transfer on death, is also closed out. If you put this TOD, transfer on death, on a CD account, be aware that every time that CD rolls to the next one, we've got to put that information back on the account. Very interesting. Wow. I wonder if that's just something that uh, also affects taxes as well or business accounts. You can put a transfer on death on just about any banking account. I'm I'm struggling to think if there are limitations on that, and I can't come up with one. Okay. Is that a taxable event, though, when you get that uh, transfer? Probably. An income tax? Uh, income tax, no, because most capital assets, think stocks, mm-hmm. bonds, mm-hmm. mutual funds, um, and, and banking accounts as well, they receive this thing called a stepped-up basis wow. at inheritance. So that means that it is assumed that the uh, cost information, that the cost number is the value of that account the day the owner passed away. So... If you sell it theoretically the same day, there's no growth to be taxed mm-hmm. on on most of these types of things. And banking accounts in particular, the interest is taxed every year as it's earned. So think about cash. Cash isn't getting a lot of interest these days. It is, it is just plain old cash. Typically, if it's not a taxable estate, I'm not worried about an income tax inheriting, for example, a checking account or a money market. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, if you'd like to dial in, our phone number is 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show. Larry's taking a little time off. We have Dina in studio. She is our professional retirement expert answering your questions. Again, 855-767-3123. So we've been talking about some ways to avoid probate. I said you could just sell everything. But <laughs> Give it away. Yeah. You know what? Just because it's a bad option doesn't mean it's not an option. Okay. Um, We've talked about using joint tenancy, joint tenants with rights of survivorship. We see this with married couples. Um, We've also talked about using beneficiary designations. And the one document that we get so many questions about is this revocable living trust. So uh, talk about this just a little bit. What is a revocable living trust? It is a written legal agreement which covers three phases of your life. The phase where you're alive and well and things are going right along as you've planned them. If you become mentally or physically incapacitated and then after you die. A revocable living trust agreement, the actual paperwork itself, that's the start of the process, but just having that agreement doesn't do anything. Hmm. I've, I've seen people come in after their parents have passed, and they've got this wonderful leatherette binder with all these wonderful legal documents in it. There's a revocable living trust in there, and there was never anything put into the trust. Oh, it's just, a, just a, like an empty suitcase. It, that's a great way to put it. That's a fantastic way to put it. You've got to put something into the trust for those rules to apply. So if you have developed a revocable living trust, but you have zero assets titled in trust name, that document will do nothing when you pass. 
Mm. You have nothing that will have to follow the rules of that document. Part of doing estate planning with a competent estate planning attorney is identifying those assets that should be titled in trust name. Many attorneys will help you get those assets retitled. One of the biggest items that we see going into a revocable trust is the house. Real estate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In this area, real estate's a very, very pricey investment. That goes into the revocable living trust, does not become part of probate. Interesting. You can put just about anything in there, can't you? Anything that you're able to put a title on can be titled in the name of the revocable living trust. Hmm. There are certain things that we wouldn't recommend that you title in trust name. Think your IRA or your 401k or your thrift savings plan. If you change the ownership of those plans, you trigger an immediately taxable event. Sometimes, not always, you might designate the trust as a contingent beneficiary. But again, that can have its problems as well. But a revocable living trust used properly is a viable way. It's it's a pretty widely used way to avoid probate, especially on your larger assets like your house. Mm-hmm. So you can sell everything. You can use joint tenancy with rights of survivorship. You can use beneficiary designations. You can use a revocable living trust. All four of those will help your estate avoid probate. It'll keep your heirs uh, and your family from having to go through what is arguably just a torturous process. Yeah, the probate process. One of the other things that's very interesting about what you've been talking about today is also there's lots of little gotchas to each of those elevator steps you just talked to us about. And I'm probably fairly sure you would prioritize them in various different orders as well, wouldn't you? Absolutely. It, when someone calls us and says a spouse or a parent has died, our very first order to them is do nothing. Mm-hmm. Let the dust settle grieve for a little while, get your feet back on the ground, and then come in, bring everything with you, and then we'll start developing the order of priority to handle the different items in the estate. It is very difficult when when you're in the throes of planning a memorial, of, of planning a funeral, and, and just plain old grieving. It's mm-hmm. very difficult to clear your head enough to make good decisions on this. So what I would say to a client who's, who's made that phone call to me, I would say handle the personal things first. Do the, do the funeral service. Do the grieving. Spend time with family. Then let's talk about the money stuff. Not before. And a lot of times you'll find that those family members want to talk about it sooner as well. And maybe it's just a time to set it, settle down and, and just, as you said, let the dust settle. Absolutely. We've got about a, a minute and a half here before the close of our program. So let's kind of talk uh, a summary of what we've talked about today and uh, go well, from there. Absolutely. We've talked about why you need an estate plan. Estate planning is no longer just for the wealthy. An estate plan provides support and financial stability for a surviving spouse, children, and grandchildren. It preserves wealth for later generations, absolutely. It makes sure your wishes are carried out when you can't make those wishes known. You can support a charity. We didn't even touch on that today. Mm. You can distribute assets in a timely fashion rather than getting them tied up in the probate process. You can, in some cases, minimize taxes. You can provide cash for settlement of an estate. And it's just a very loving thing to have things set up 
in a nice, neat manner so that there isn't any confusion. And by all means, it protects your family's privacy as they're going through this process. You can quite simply set forth all the expectations. There's no guesswork for anyone. How nice is that? It is. I have seen uh, I have seen families uh, uh, go through some very emotionally trying times, trying to figure out what mom or dad would have wanted. Mm-hmm. When if you've done proper estate planning, it takes all of that guesswork out. It also stops the siblings from fighting or putting stickers on different things, and I've seen a lot of that too, and it's not good. Absolutely. Bottom line, if you need some help, if you need some guidance on where to start with this, we are here to help. We actually have an estate attorney that we work very closely with. We'd be happy to introduce you to. He works with clients right in our office. Mm -hmm. He's an awesome guy. like him. Yeah. Okay. Listen, our phone number here is 855-767-3123. Realize that phone number is available to you all week long. No charges for questions or anything like that at Rosenthal Wealth Management. 855-767-3123. It is always a pleasure to have you in studio with us. Come back again quickly. I hope to. Great to see you. Great to see you, too. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show. We'll be back here again next Saturday morning at 9 o'clock and hope to see you here. Have a great day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.